bright light flashed intermittently through the gap at the bottom of the back door. The scraping of metal against brick, coughing and howling echoed around the storeroom. Kel and Connor exchanged worried looks. I'm sorry guys. They've followed us here, this is my fault, I said. Connor shook his head. We knew we couldn't stay here anyway, that's why we were building the bikes, he said, pointing to the racks in the repair station. We were going to go out the back way though, said Kel. What do we do now? Connor walked up to the door to the shop front, leaning over the shelf that had been pushed in front of it, to listen for movement on the other side. Like I said, it's, it's been pretty quiet out there for a while now. He looked back at the rest of us. We'll have to go through the shop front anyway. We'll need to get more bikes for all of us. We don't have time to build anymore. Thanks, Connor, I replied. It's pretty insane out there. I have to get to Susie and the kids. I don't think I'd be able to make it on foot. Connor threw me a thumbs up. No worries, man. If the world still exists tomorrow, I'm pretty sure I can claim a few extra bikes on insurance. I looked around at the others. I have to get to my family. I'm thinking it might be safer to move through the parklands and stay off the streets, but I don't expect you to follow me. There must be a hundred more sensible places to go. Maybe you could try and find police or, or military? Davo shook his head. I'm with you, mate, he said. Kel winced at a particularly loud scream from outside. We were thinking of trying to get to Connor's sister's place at Glenelg. They've got a boat, a big one. Maybe we can follow the coastline and, and find somewhere that's safer, she said. We can come with you to get Susie and the kids. It's on the way. It'd be smarter for us all to stick together. Sadia held her son tightly and nodded. Yes, safer together, she said. Connor got back to work on the two bikes in the repair station. They were mostly finished but he fixed a child's seat to the frame on one for Sadia and checked over the gears and brakes. Kel laid a bike paths of Adelaide map out on the table. We've got stacks of these here for the tourists that come through on hire bikes, she said. It'd make sense for us to plot a course in case we get separated. She traced her finger along the map. If we turn down Peary Street towards East Terrace, we'll hit the parkland. Davo leant over. Yeah, we can try. Flinders was blocked. Kel nodded. If Peary is blocked as well, we'll go another block down and try again. All the streets running east will hit the park. Then she ran her finger through the wide strip of green that wrapped around the city centre. We can go through the park, into the botanical gardens, and move down behind the uni, near the zoo to get to the river. There's a bike path all the way along it to the beach. It seemed like such a long way, 
especially compared to the clean straight lines of the main road slicing through the centre of the map. But we knew they were only clear on paper. Alright, I said. If everyone agrees, that's what we'll aim for. What do we have in terms of weapons or supplies? Davo patted down his pockets. I must have dropped me knife outside, he said. Sadia gripped her gun, and I looked down at the tiny blade in my hand. We weren't exactly armed to the teeth. Davo walked over to the shelf of tools and spare parts in the repair station, picking up a socket wrench and testing the weight of it before noticing a, a single-speed crank set sitting on the bench. The jagged ring of teeth along the edge of the chain ring glinted in the light as he lifted it up by the pedal shaft. In his hands, it looked like some kind of brutal medieval weapon. Connor pointed to a shelf of boxes. That's all helmets and mountain biking safety gear as well, he said. Take whatever you need. We searched through the boxes looking for anything that might be useful strapping on plastic body armour, pads, gloves, helmets and goggles. We stuffed a few day packs full of sports drinks and protein bars, grabbed the LED lanterns, and looking a lot like a low-budget version of the Power Rangers, we lined up in front of the door to the shop front. Sadia had one of the bikes, with her son strapped into the child seat. Kel passed her shovel to Davo, and then grabbed the other. Connor and I gripped the heavy shelf blocking the door, All right, I said. We should turn off the lanterns and let our eyes adjust to the dark. The infected seem to be attracted to bright lights. Kel switched the lanterns off and shoved them into her backpack. In the darkness, the sound of the infected pushing against the fence seemed even louder. Okay, on the count of three, we push this out of the way. Let's make sure the shop is clear, get the extra bikes we need, and then move out onto the street. Everyone ready? I said. Davo, clad in black safety pads and body armour, pulled his goggles down over his full-faced helmet and stood with a shovel in one hand and the crank set in the other. Ready, he said. I started the countdown. One. Two. Three. The heavy shelf scraped across the floor, clearing the doorway. Davo marched forward, ripped open the door and charged through. Connor and I followed close behind. The car Connor mentioned had left a wake of bent bikes and glass from the shop window scattered across the floor. It sat calm now in the centre of the room, its front end wrapped around a thick brick and steel support pillar next to the shop counter. The driver was still behind the wheel, his swollen face twisted into a permanent grimace. Deep gashes across his neck and face dribbled rivulets of dark fluids down his chest. There was no sign of anyone else. The infected who attacked him must have moved on. Davo slowly edged around the side of the vehicle, cautiously checking between the rows of bikes that were still standing. As he reached the rear wheel arch of the car, Something grabbed at his leg from underneath. Fuck me, he yelped, trying to get away. But an infected man, pinned underneath the back wheels of the car, had a grip on his leg like a pit bull with lockjaw. Davo swung hard with a jagged crankset cog and cracked the man's skull open like an egg. 
He kicked the lifeless limbs away with his other foot, wrenched the makeshift weapon free, and looked back at us. Radio, all clear, he said. Connor gestured for Sadir and Kel to join us, and pointed Davo and I towards a rack of touring bikes. I carefully lifted one of the lightweight but sturdy bikes off the rack and carried it over the broken glass to the front of the shop. The street outside was littered with debris and vehicles, but I couldn't see any movement. The others huddled behind me. Everyone ready? I whispered. Once we're on the street, keep your eyes peeled and try to stick together. They could be infected anywhere. Connor will take the lead. He's the best rider. Just try and follow his path. We silently pushed off, riding in single file. There were bodies scattered across the footpath, entombed in stationary vehicles and laying dismembered on the street. Some of them were swollen up, ready to burst. Others appeared to be in unnaturally advanced states of decay. It was disturbing to say the least. The loss of life, the destruction, but above all that, just how quickly the city had been completely crippled. I wondered where the rest of the survivors were. We couldn't be the only ones. Connor led us east onto Peary Street, and in between patches of smoke, we could see, all the way through to the parkland. No fog, or infected, anywhere in sight. I felt a rush of excitement and relief flow through me. Connor must have felt it too, as he started to pick up pace. He broke away from us, weaving between cars. I wanted to yell out for him to slow down and be more careful, but the noise would have attracted too much attention. So I sped up as well, trying to catch his eye, to signal for him to slow down, when an infected man stumbled out from behind a van in front of me. I tried to stop, but my wounded left hand spasmed and refused to grip properly. Slamming on just the front brakes with my right sent me flying over the handlebars, face first into the road at the infected man's feet. I didn't have a full face helmet like Davo. I chose to wear the respirator mask instead. My chin ground into the asphalt, filling the mask with my own blood. I was stunned by the pain and rolled over onto my back, clawing at the mask. It felt like I was suffocating. The infected man snarled and raised his fists up above his head, ready to rain them down upon mine, when I heard Davo call out to him. Oi, mongrel! The infected man looked up at him, and I rolled out of the way just as Davo flew past me on his bike. He held his shovel under his arm like a jousting lance and speared the infected man in the chest. The impact threw the man back a few feet to the ground and Davo swerved wildly before slamming into the front of a white sedan and smashing into the windscreen, setting off a squealing alarm. Connor must have heard us and circled back, skidding to a stop next to the infected man struggling with the shovel sticking up out of his chest. He grabbed the handle ripped it free and drove it back down through the infected man's neck. I finally got the blood-filled respirator mask away from my face and spat into the road. One of my front teeth was hanging by a thread and there was a huge gash under my chin. The car alarm screeched like a banshee into the night 
and Davo groaned as he rolled off the bonnet and onto his feet. He helped me up and then dragged his bike back onto its wheels. We gotta keep moving. This place will be crawling with those fuckwits in no time, he said. I motioned for Sadir and Kel to move past me, pulled the loose tooth out of my mouth and stumbled over to the car, opening the driver's side door. Didn't you hear me? Davo shouted. We gotta fucking move, man. Hang on, I mumbled, reaching inside the car. For fuck's sake, Davo replied, picking up my bike and holding it for me. I flicked on the headlights of the sedan, blasting a wall of light down the street behind us. I could see them coming. There were a lot of them. My legs were weak, but I ran over to Davo and climbed back on my bike. The others were already well ahead of us. Blood from my mouth and chin flowed down my neck, wetting my shirt. It hurt like crazy, but I rode as fast as I could towards the park, looking back over my shoulder for just a second as a horde of the infected swarmed over the screeching sedan like maggots feasting on a corpse. Drawn to the light and the sound. Copyright Jasper St. Auburn West, 2020. All rights reserved. <laughs>